This podcast is brought to you by the badasses over at Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Drown ideology in beer. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, John Denman. John Denman. All right, everybody, welcome to another Drink of Ages radio show here on ESPN 97.5. Hope everybody's having a wonderful night. Uh, We are hanging out here at Drink of Ages Pub, 1005 Wall Drive. If you're in the area, stop by. Grab some delicious beers with us. Uh, man, there's uh, so much stuff going on, lots of events. We're getting into festival season, so everybody really needs to pay attention to all the events and festivals that's happening. We have a special thing coming up. Uh, well, actually, on Saturday, tomorrow, we're doing the Funkin' Mini Fest. So if you are looking, if you're a fan of sour beers, then we're going to have over 70 different sour beers for you to sample up here at the pub shut off part of the parking lot and come by it's going to be a good little party yeah. uh dj muskrash the producer is going to be out there spinning some badass you know funk and soul for everybody we're going to have a lot of funky cheese as well to pair with the sour beers so if you're listening and you're in the area you like the sort of stuff then you definitely need to st- stop by the pub but this episode of Drink of Ages is brought to you by Sweetwater 420 Extra Pale L. This is a lighter body West Coast style Pale L. Nice little hop character. Uh, man, it's just, just a very good beer. 2002 silver medal winner at GABF, and it never looked back. That's just a, now we have it in Texas. It started last year. Sweetwater started distributing here, and, and it's just a very fantastic beer. If you never tried it, you need to look for some. And Sweetwater 420. Wait, that's actually when? No, that was yesterday. I forget what day it is. But, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the 420. 420 is on its way. 420 is on its way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so go out there and find you some of that Sweetwater 420. It's a delicious beer. But tonight, tonight on the show, we're going to be discussing a lot of beer because yeah, we got some new guys that's just almost a year old now, down in Webster, Saloon Door Brewing Company. We have Josh Anderson and Alexander Weber hanging out tonight. So, guys, welcome welcome to Inside Houston. Yeah, I mean, you guys made, made the trek up 45 and survived. <laughs> yeah, lo- thanks for having us. <laughs> we love making the trip. Thanks for having us. It's been a great trip. Well, it's um, it's been almost a year since you guys opened up. Just about, yeah. End of April. End of April. Feels longer. so it didn't really just fly by no it did but for some reason at the same time it feels longer yeah well that's probably the the amount of hours that you put in that you were putting in at another job before is about four times as much yeah yeah i think you're right yeah the awake time in that year oh yeah (laughs) and lack of sleep time probably played a little bit of a role but in a good way too it almost feels like that never happened that old job so i have to say i mean it's like what i used to do something else like I didn't do this all my life because it, you know, it, that, that's another thing I got going on. It's weird. It's a mental thing. Yeah. This also just doesn't feel like a job. It's like an it, oversized it, hobby. It is. It's an oversized <laughs> hobby. There's a lot of hard work, but it uh, comes with physical benefits and lots of beer. 
Maybe maybe it's kind of like the same thing that happens to women when they get pregnant and they have a baby and it's like the worst thing that ever happened. But then they forget how bad it was and they you know yeah, want to have another baby. Look at their baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, actually oh, a really good analogy. Yeah, I like that. Well, congratulations on you know, your first year. Uh, Thank so you. how how things been? How are things going down there in Webster? They're doing good. Yeah, uh, I, I've I've had a lot of fun over that year. <laughs> Yeah, no, we uh, we're doing really well. Um, our our tap room is uh, it's growing every day, and uh, what's really exciting is people are finding out who we are, and we constantly have people coming in saying they just just now found out about us, never heard of us. And we're like, wow, when's that gonna end? I hope it never ends. I mean, I hope people continue to say that for years. Yeah, I mean, once you get through the four million people who live in Houston, <laughs> then you can start looking outside. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And yeah, right. Get, get, in get some together two in Greater Houston. Yes. <laughs> But, um, I mean, inside 99. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's just focus on inside 99 yeah. for a little while. I mean, in one sense, it, we, we were far away, so we're almost like, like, are we the stepchild of Houston or you know, are we legit? But, you know, let people come out and find out uh, for, you know, for themselves. What's really cool, though, is I've had a lot of folks from, from North Houston far away uh, that have found us because we had a beer, one beer or two beers out there that got them to come check us out. And I love hearing that. And I'm like, wow, thanks for making the trip. Because like you said, thanks for coming down here. When folks come all the way down South Houston to Webster and, and they come see us from like North Houston, I'm like, wow, thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm, that means a I've, lot. I've heard a couple stories about people that make like an hour plus trek from like Cypress or Spring or whatever. And it's like, you, you came all this way just to have our beer. Wow, that's that's really great. And then, like, I tell that to one of my friends, and he's like, that's the exact same excuse that my boss is saying was why he hasn't come yet. It's because it takes an hour. It's like, man, these guys drove an hour plus. <laughs> come on. His boss needs to step up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and, and it's really not that bad to get down there. And once you're down there, there's, I mean, Webster is just becoming a cool, well, nobody's been there for years now and yeah top 10 bars in houston absolutely and it's not even in houston, houston but no, yeah it no, makes the top 10 that we have noby in our backyard <laughs> yeah and they've been keeping me happy for i don't know years. is that is that spot technically houston or is it webster i think it may be webster yeah houston wants to claim it because Houston is <laughs> trying to yeah yeah but no and then beers looking at you is yeah, another fantastic, fantastic spot. spot totally love, different atmosphere love that spot and uh, you, you can't ask for a better place to go have a pint and shop at the same time yeah i mean we don't have a whole foods yet down here so don't beers ask for one. You is what you're gonna <laughs> get, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Now, beers looking at you. Uh, yeah, Chris has done a great job down there. Oh yeah. He's always doing super cool events and getting people to come down. Man, good stuff. And you can just sit outside and smoke one of his cigars. Yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah, that's really nice. He might get me into smoking cigars. <laughs> I'm not. A, you know, I don't really smoke cigars, but I have smoked a few with that guy. There you so go. Yeah, it's one of those every now and then. Uh, All right. Yeah. Personality about it. he just brings that out in you. You can't help it. It's like yep. give me that cigar. Yeah. It's because he's got good ones. <laughs> yeah, it's probably what it is. And good beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when we did the golf tournament uh, last November, which it's already booked for this year, scheduled for this year, the first Tuesday of November over at Wildcat doing uh, the Houston Open Brew-Am and Keg Classic for the third installment, benefiting Pines for Prostates, which is a pretty – it's it's a good time. But that's what we had out there was all of Chris's cigars. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I had a few that day. Well, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that on one of the holes we may have added some other stuff to that cigar to make it even better. <laughs> but the back nine was good. The back <laughs> nine was real good. Yeah. 
Now, uh, so yeah, so coming up on on one year, uh, we'll get in the next segment. We'll talk about some of the the history, you know, of what what you guys, you know, to start a brewery. There's, there's a little bit involved in that, a lot of planning and time, effort, money. Yep, all that fun stuff. All the above. And all yep. the above. One explosion. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. Yeah. Just one explosion. Just one. No one. No. No one got hurt. <laughs> At least I could claim they were hurt. That's right. Yeah. It's like don't say anything no, about it didn't this. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. But yeah, I mean, uh, from a perspective up here, when you guys opened up, like the first couple of months, I had a whole lot of people coming in and telling telling me how good the beers were down there at awesome. Saloon Door, and then, and how the variety of beers that you guys had. That's not typical for a startup brewery to go out there and just have a lot of beers on tap. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right, John. I mean, it, it was it's not typical, and I wasn't even thinking about that. I uh, I don't know. I mean, you got a lot of – we had a, like we have the size of a system where it's just right to go one way or the other. We could do a few beers and try to nail them, or we could brew a whole bunch of everything – I, I went the route of I just want to brew everything I've ever brewed as a home brewer and see how it turns out and hope for the best. Yeah, and our just to scale them all up, right? We just decide to scale everything. Yeah. Let's just scale everything up. Yeah, our, our size is just perfect that we can sit there and we can be like, yeah, we haven't made a batch of that. Let's go ahead and make one. Now, now don't get me wrong. I mean, so that there's there's a there's a downside to that. So we made a whole bunch of different beers. Did we sell all the beer? No. Did it sit too long? Yes. Did I dump beer down the drain? Yeah. Everybody I had to dump does, kegs down the drain because it, you know it, you, don't, you can't sit in the cooler forever. Uh, the cooler's the best place to put it, but uh, you know we, we dumped a lot of beer doing that. So there's there's that that's that negative. But but having a variety like that, people love that. And uh, you know what? Most of the beers turned out pretty darn good. They don't all move. Actually, we ended up too many choices. Yeah. But everybody was like, "That's a good thing," and we're like, "Well, not really," because well, we're throwing beer away. <laughs> but yeah. I'm thinking that, that it gives a chance for people to st- and let you know which one is their favorites, and then, then yeah. you can kind of start you know, getting your core brand down of what you're going to brew more and more of, depending yeah, on. Yeah, as, as, we, as we filled up the wall, then we started to, to take note of the data and see, like, you know, what beer is flying off the shelf, what beer is kind of sitting there. It's like, okay, those are the ones we need to keep making. The other ones we can, like, we can yeah. make one, and then we can, like, Wait a season. We'll make another one. Now, 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 if I wanted to be like, yeah, we planned it that way, I could say that. But that's not how it worked out. I was just was like, let's brew everything. And then that's exactly how it worked out. And we're really kind of like going with that. Pretty good. All right. We're talking with uh, Josh Anderson and Alexander Weber from Saloon Door Brewing and Webster. We're going to take a quick break and get some more beers. And when we get back, we will talk about some of the history and the planning and everything that went on with this brewery and how long this was actually somebody's idea before it actually happened. So Drink of Ages. Be right back. Wild West Brewfest, Saturday, May 6th at Katie Mills Mall with over 500 beers. You'll certainly find some new ones to try. Voted two years in a row the best beer event in the country by BeerYeti.com. One of my favorites for sure. Don't miss a launch party the day before on Friday, May 5th. Special beer tappings and meet the brewers making the beers. WildWestBrewfest.com for info and tickets. WildWestBrewfest.com. Got a red and groove. Just a ragged tank, y'all. 
We are back on, and our guest is from Saloon Door Brewing in Webster. We have Josh Anderson and Alexander Weber hanging out. So we're, um, uh, you know, talking about all kind of different beers. The last segment, um, you know, try, let's, I guess, uh, talk about the history of the brewery for a little bit and what exactly, you know, went, in, went into the planning of this. I mean, who, whose idea was this to start a brewery? Uh, I mean, I'll... It was always a dream of mine as a home brewer, going on like eight, nine, ten years. Dreamed about it. As an engineer, said that's the dumbest thing ever, never going to happen. Uh, running a business is one of the hardest things anyone will ever do. If you do it on your own, uh, I props. I got props for you. I don't know how you do it. Uh, the more people that can be on your team, the better. Uh, I have no idea how to run a business. Uh, would never want to do it. My brother-in-law uh, chased my sister out in California, you know, to, he wanted to, it was his high school sweetheart, went out there, got got married, um, saw a brewery open up next to his uh, batting cage business, was like, I'm going to, uh, he saw how successful it was, he watched it grow in like four or five years, and he was like, I, I want to do this, and it was his dream, it was Jason Graham's dream, and uh, without him, my dream wouldn't have come true, because he was the one that was like, I'm doing this when I come back to Texas, he, he, he came back, he moved back, he was, he's like, I'm going to do this. He talked to my sisters like, "Doesn't your brother ho- homebrew?" <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like, that, that, that means anything? Like what? What? I mean, yeah, homebrew is a hobby. I, 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 I talked to him about. It. I was like, "That's crazy. I, I can't make beer as a professional. I've never done it." And and, and uh, he was like, "No, yeah, you can do it." 
and so he, he kind of coached me. He's like, you can do it. He's like, so we came to an agreement. How about I come check out this guy that you know that owns a brewery in California? Okay, I'll go see what, what they got going on. And mm. that was it, man. Once I saw it, when, once they let me in the door. Once you saw all that shiny equipment. Oh, man. <laughs> they let me ask any question. They were really, really good to us. Uh, they, they said, come on in. Uh, shadow our, our brewer. I saw all the tanks. I, I was like, well, I've been dreaming about this for years. Okay, so how do you do this? And that was the start for me. Everybody's different, you know, like. For me, it took a lot of nudging, prodding, pushing. I, I needed a lot of help. Um, having that in my back pocket, having folks that were willing to help me along, having a brother-in-law that, that wanted to back it, and then he had some buddies that wanted to back it, and then raising, we so I'd brew beer, you know, like R and D. We were just it was a concept for about for about six to eight months. They tried my beer, and then we had people that wanted they tried the beer, and they were like, okay, yeah, I, I give you ten thousand dollars, or I give you some money, and we 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 could actually raise some money. So we raised enough capital with some personal investors, some some people that wanted to just give us some money to do it. I mean, we got to the point where we could actually a bank loan that we could afford. Like, there's only so much money that so many people can get from a bank based on you know what you can do. Is like this is as much as you get. So all of a sudden, that bank loan and the money we could raise became like possible. The biggest milestone was the location. We probably spent a year trying to find the right spot. But I mean, to give you kind of a perspective, we met in California in September of 2014. We all did a trip. We went out to the, the brewery. We went and looked. We, we, we toured breweries all over. We went to Stone. We went everywhere. And we were like, okay, cheers. We're going to do this. It was just a dream. And then that next year, May, we, uh, we signed a lease. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> How did we get there? It got I don't real. Know. It got real. <laughs> and yeah. and what it took for me to sign a lease was to actually hire a, a brewer that had, had years of experience, that was willing to be a consultant. That's what it took for me. Not, not that everybody needs that, but I had no experience. I needed that as a home brewer to get me over, over the hump. I needed that. I, I felt like I needed that. And uh, he's like, I'll, I'll start you up. That's not something that you can get cheap. But we were able to pull that off, and actually he, he gave us a really good deal. And we flew him in for four days. Once he said yes, I signed the lease. Once, he, once I signed the lease, we, we started building the building. We screwed everything up on the building. you think retrofitting a building would be hard, but it actually might have been a wash because <laughs> we ended up retrofitting our new building. Yeah. <laughs> so our biggest mistake was we didn't hire an architect. They knew how to build a brewery. We just kind of thought we could do it. Well, there's not that many pieces involved. Oh yeah, we can just yeah. do this. We know what we're doing. Well, if I could tell anyone that is doing this from scratch that doesn't already haven't already thought of this, is ask someone who has one. Ask <laughs> ask people who've already done it. Get an architect that does breweries on your side if you can afford to do that. Put some money into somebody that can give you the space. Don't just go with your vendor that's selling you the system. And assume that the architect of the landlord is going to help you. That's not going to work out. We ended up getting this brand new, built the suit. We got half of it right and half of it we retrofitted. And it worked out in the end. But it was brutal. It was painful. There's been a, a lot of hodgepodge of mix-ups and mistakes. But in the end, somehow it all came together. I, I say God had a lot to do with it. <laughs> Luck. And somehow we got our equipment and we got it installed. We had a lot of folks with good backgrounds in terms of like plant, oil and gas, contractors. Yeah. 
electrical, you know, that's there's a lot of electrical work. Yeah. We had a great master electrician did jobs for us for reasonable, not like astronomical. He gave us a deal. Mm-hmm. You have to have friends or you got to know people. The good yeah. thing about the brewing industry is there's a camaraderie, there's a lot of people want to help and there's a lot of folks that are willing to do things. For beer. Start. For beer. Yeah. Yes. And I think beer brings people together, makes civilization civilized. And I think the proof is there. There's so many breweries popping up. It's not because it, it's easy. It's hard. It's extremely hard. It takes a lot of money. We had to go with a budget system. We had a huge range. I wanted on one end. I bought on the other. I didn't buy what I wanted, but I got what we could afford. We got the help where we needed it. Somehow slapped it together, made tons of mistakes. In the end, fired it up. The consultant learning moments, not mistakes. Learning, learning, <laughs> learning. <laughs> exactly. The consultant that I made the agreement to before I signed the lease came in, followed through, brewed the first two batches. I watched. Then I started brewing. After batch three or four, felt pretty good. Alex was learning how to sell her while I was brewing. And then he left. And then we just figured the rest out over the phone. And he was like, I'll be your encyclopedia. Just call me. And he walked us through every step. And that, he did that for free. He did that because he just wanted Texas breweries to make good beer. He wanted all breweries to make good beer. He said, I just want all breweries to make good beer because it's good for craft beer. Yeah. And that is why. I mean, that belief, like, I just want all breweries to make good beer. That's what I think is making craft beer so great. Yeah, that's if a, everybody has that belief, everybody feels that's, that. That's, that's a big mentality with a lot of the guys that I've met. It's like, I, I just want everyone to make really good beer. Because I, mean, I, I want to I be able to go to other people's places and have good beer. And enjoy As some brewery, really good beer. I want to go to every brewery in Houston and enjoy. And yeah. I am. I'm enjoying a lot of great beer. And I think it's because – I mean, I, and I joined the guild a year late, like a year into it. Like, we just joined two months ago. I'm like, why did that take so long? The wealth of knowledge. Um, this why did a really it take fast so long? Track. I, I didn't – Because I, I he was, didn't sign up. I didn't sign up. <laughs> it was my fault. Okay. It was it was just silly. If I, if I go back and so I wish I could reboot. You know, like you go like on the old school games, the video games, just push the reset button, reboot, yeah, start yeah. over. I would start over. Ah man, I would do so many things different. But but that's fine. I mean, I wouldn't be the same person. You wouldn't have learned as much from uh, yeah. not the mistakes, but from the you know lessons learned. Yeah. And opening yeah. a brewery and yeah, that, that what, builds character. It does. Yeah, when, when you hit the ground running like we did, and you, you work through all those, and you get to the place where we got, it's like, there's a there's a big wealth of knowledge that we just earned on our own. Yeah. We didn't have any names for any of our beers. They were just the styles. People made fun of us. They're like, brown. <laughs> what the hell? That's not a name for a beer. Yeah. That just sounds terrible. It's like, yeah, it does sound terrible. Brown ale. Like, who would want to drink that? Sorry. IPA. What the hell is that? Yeah. This is IPA. This is IPA. Well, uh, this is know. our one and only IPA. If we have another IPA, we call it the Summer IPA. Yeah. We had no names. We had, we, it was so fast. Um, we went, in a, in a span of 18 months, we went from like, let's do this, to we're brewing beer. And it happened. That's, that's really fast. I, it it yeah. freaked me out. And I went from, in that 18 months, I went from having a job, to signing lease, to quitting my job, to watching tanks get flipped over with forklifts to almost throwing up, and I just couldn't handle it. And then here we are, passivating equipment, and then I got a guy flying in, and he's like, it's taking you two and a half hours to passivate a tank. Let me show you how to do it in 60 minutes. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, this is where an experienced operator meets a guy that doesn't know what he's doing. And, and, and I was like, so I was like, okay, let me learn. 
and I, and I learned so much. And after a while, I started to get a hang of it. But, um, but yeah, that, that was, and now we're still learning every day. It's, it's, it feels like, it still feels like a dream. And you're um, into it. Yeah, the, the thing with, with any business that you start is that the plan, you do have a, a business plan that, you know, this is the best case scenario of what could happen, <laughs> but everything has to be fluid. <laughs> and yeah. you have to be able to change instantly and patch this, take this back because it didn't work, buy something else, and use as much duct tape and twist ties and everything else as you can. Fluid. Fluid. Perfect word. Yeah. My personality, type A, high stress, not fluid, almost killed me. Learned in this, like, 18 months of... I, it stresses the stress of this is going to kill me if I don't mm -hmm. become fluid yeah. and actually one of the benefits side, there's two, two side benefits I've had from being in this business it's I'm much better shape because I'm physically using I'm working hard you're physically doing stuff yes. pound bags of grain and yep. I'm drinking a lot of beer but I'm not gaining weight because I'm losing the weight at the same time it's bizarre and, and, and also I have to be fluid like you said Mm -hmm. I would have stressed out and stroked out by now yeah. if I didn't change the way I dealt with stress. Mm -hmm. I'm actually happier and mentally in a better place than I've ever been in my life. I don't make any of the money. I don't yeah. care. No, but in, in, the, in the beer industry, you get to that Papazian zen. Of yes. Sit back, relax, have a brew. It'll all work it out. It'll all work so out. So much now than it used to. I was like, now I really understand <laughs> now what Now it means. makes sense. Now it makes yeah. sense. And I use that almost... I would say every day. Like just when something goes wrong, it's like, you know what? Let's all have stop, a have a beer, <laughs> and, and it'll be better. <laughs> yeah. And we will figure this out. Yeah. It's like, well, it, it'll eventually stop running out because uh, tanks will empty out themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, we got to take a quick break and uh, we'll get back. We'll talk more with Saloon Door, Bur Saloon Door Brewing, and it's the IPA talking. Drinking Vegas, be right back. Cyclers Brewing Company, sitting on the outskirts of the Sam Houston National Forest in Montgomery, where all you have to do is enjoy nature and make great beers. Cyclers lineup includes their domestic wit, Breakaway English Style IPA, the Ride Hard Rye IPA, and my favorite of theirs, the 5511 Imperial Red Elb with a nice ABV of 7.9%. Then the Big Daddy, Palmaris, the Russian Imperial Stout, hefty 9% ABV, and rounding out their lineup is the Abbey Miel Trappist, an Abbey Style Double. Give them a try if you have not had one in a while. Cyclers Brewing Company. You are listening to Drink of Ages Radio Show, and I am your host, John Denman, DJ Muscrash, producer, and we're hanging out with Saloon Door Brewing, yeah, talking all kind of good stuff, man. Uh, so, so what, what were you guys doing before this? Because I know like, you were talking about how 
you know, you had you quit your job and did all this other stuff and everything else. And I mean, what, what exactly, Josh, were you doing before the brewery? Yeah, before the brewery, I was uh, working in oil and gas, uh, petrochemicals as a chemical engineer. I was about 13 years into my career. I was at a, actually I was at a fork in the road. Uh, in my career, I was at the point where they were pushing me to be a manager, manage people, and. I even got a little test run on that, and I liked it, but I liked managing engineers. I didn't want to manage just anyone, but the company that I worked for was didn't, didn't care if I just wanted to manage engineers. They were like, no, you're going to manage operators. You're going to manage er- anybody, and that was where they were grooming me, and I didn't want to go there. I, I, I told them that, and I, got, I felt like I got blacklisted, and, and I ended up getting treated differently when I said no. I was already past the point of no return anyway. I was already in my office dreaming about what's the next homebrew I'm going to make. I would sit there, you know, two hours out of a day thinking about the OG and this beer and that and what I'm going to make next. I was wasting as much time as possible. Building recipes. Building recipes in my mind, writing it down on – I was terrible. I was one of the worst employees. I did the bare minimum to get paid. I I wasn't like that when I first got hired on. Five, six, seven years ago – I thought I was going to change the world. I was going to solve every problem. I was going to be that engineer that fixed the plant, made it twice the capacity, and, and yeah, a few, a few, you know, a few years into that, a couple of bankruptcies, some layoffs. I just, I, I got jaded. I got, I, I got to the point where I just was like, I don't know if I can do this for another 23 years or 20 years or however long it's going to take. I mean, I'm 13 years in, I'm going to need to do it for another 15, 20. Can I do this for? Tw- I asked myself that question every day. I would go onto the little tool and look at. When can I retire at this salary? That's terrible. I'm like in my 30s. There's no chance of retiring anytime soon. Why the hell am I already calculating it? And they would always be like, yeah, 67, 83. Getting longer, getting longer. You will call your life, drop it if you want to retire sooner. I'm like, ah, this sucks. But, you know, it's all mental. Like, you don't have to have a lot of money to retire. You just got to be happy. You just got to have something. You got to have what you want. So what I was doing was what I thought I wanted, and it hit a dead end. And I dreamed about a hobby. I never thought it was possible until a couple other people came into my life and said, let's give this a try. And honestly, as an engineer, I needed to have a roll flush. And they gave me that. They gave me every card. I ended up looking at it, and it was a roll flush. They gave me all the confidence. And my wife was that final card. She was the one that said, I got the family. Take five years. She gave me a number of years, so I'm only in year one, so I got four more. All right. Just so happens to be the number of years of our lease, so <laughs> five years from now, I'm either going to get out of this without a scar, you know, no, the bank notes paid, the lease is paid, made no money, but got out of it without going bankrupt, get my ass back to work, or a very good business that was actually profitable that means something and it could possibly be something that I could hand off to my son or something or something like that. that you know, if it does really well, that yeah. you, those, those, when you were at your old job looking when you could retire, could actually happen. Could. It's funny thing is as an engineer, I'm risk averse, don't take chances, but I gamble at, in Vegas like nobody's business. When I had money, <laughs> I would take thousands of dollars and just give it away and just throw it on the craps tables and play poker and I lost all the time. So, so I got that streak in me. I think that little streak is what's playing out right now. And, and we're making great beer, and I, I'm, I've never been happier. So that's what it took for me. Alex has got a different story. and Yeah, I, I, like, I like to tell people that uh, what, what I used to do for a living was uh, design dinosaur containment units for some of the wealthiest people in the world. 
which is just a more elaborate and uh, eccentric way of saying oil and gas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually about I'm about a decade younger than you are. So where you had 13 years, I had three years. Uh, yeah. And I was I was I was at a company doing uh, mechanical engineering for oil and gas, and then uh, like uh, right right as the downturn happened was about year three, and I was one of those one of those you know new fresh kids, last in first out, uh, and I was I was I was sitting around at my apartment, trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, um, you know looking at going to grad school for aerospace or just trying to get a job immediately, like building planes, trains, and automobiles because that's what I wanted to do from the beginning. No one wants to work oil and gas. It's just, you just end up doing it because they pay well. <laughs> but uh, yeah. then I got the, uh, I got the opportunity because my cousin was like, hey man, me and my buddies are uh, opening a brewery. You want to join us? It's like, I got nothing else to do. Yeah. yeah why not? I, <laughs> make beer for a living? Sure. I'll go give that a try. So I, uh, I, I go hang out with them for like a day and that turns out to be my interview. And they're like, yeah, we want to hire this kid. It's like, all right, I'm in. Let's do it. So funny thing about that, Austin, Alex's cousin, saw me stressing out one day. I, I was losing my – I was losing it. I was like, I I was actually coming up with schedules before I'd ever brewed. Before I knew – and my schedules were wrong, by the way. But it was hypotheticals. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like – 80 hours of work for one person. Like, I, I, I started kind of getting a manpower idea of what it was going to take to do peak levels, not not beginning levels. Like, I could have handled yeah, it. Yeah, in the beginning. I could have handled, handle like, that. the first, like, 50% capacity. But yeah. we're, we're today, a year in, we're at peak levels. Yeah, we're But both on my own, time. I probably could have handled it, like, 40, 50-hour weeks by myself. It would have been miserable, but I could have done it 50s. But then I would have been working 80, 90-hour weeks by myself. And I was like, he could see it. He's like, you're freaking out. What's going on? And I was like, dude, I don't have anybody. It's just me. I'm the only guy. I'm the only guy that makes beer. And no one else knows how. And nobody else wants to know how. And nobody else wants to help. He's like, okay, that's not cool. So he found Alex. And I was like, he, 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 and that, that was his first day. And I was like, yeah, I need a guy. I need a guy. I didn't know anything about Alex. And I was like, oh, Alex has been home, kind of watching his dad homebrewing, homebrewing. And he's interested. So he's never homebrewed. Alex just started brewing commercially. Nope. Just robbed the yeah. bat. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> he trained with with the guy that trained us, robbed the bat, became a cellaring guy just immediately. And I just put my trust in him 100%. And I had to do my thing. I didn't have a choice. I had just had to be like, you know what? I just got to just go with it. Because I got to brew, and he's got to be a cellaring guy. And then over the first year, I brewed the first 20, 30 batches. And I was like, you know what? You need to start brewing. Now he's brewed the last 20, 30 batches. We can actually do everything in the brew house. And he saved my life because yeah. without him, my life would have been miserable. I would have never seen my family. I would have been working 80 hours a week. So the thing about it is, like, you never know how much help you need. But I kind of had a feeling, and one of my partners saw it, mm -hmm. and then Alex just showed up. And yeah. thank God for him because it's a lot of work for two guys, yeah. and we knock it all out. Pe people ask us about, like, how much brewing experience we had before we opened up because they're – they, they have some impression of our beer, and they're like, man, you guys must have done this forever. It's like, well, Josh, Josh homebrewed for a long time, and it's like... Ten years. I, I hung out with my dad, and I helped out him and his buddy when they would do some brews, and then, like, my very first batch that I actually made myself was 
commercial, not homebrew. Yeah, it's a natural. <laughs> well, you didn't get to learn any bad habits. Yeah. But you got to learn somewhere, somehow. Yeah, so and you, you might just as picked well. it up right away, and it's like, all right, this is great. But, I mean, like, that, I never, like, we didn't factor Alex in. We never said we needed another person. I never had another guy. Literally, somehow, that just fell into place. I look back on it, and it's funny. You look back on your life, and you're like, how did I get where I am today? And you're like, how did that work out? I didn't plan for that. That just happened. It's like, wow, that is awesome. Like, somehow this was meant to be. That's the way I feel about how we got here, because without, without Alex, I wouldn't be where I am today. And and he's, 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 he's helped me get here, and he's come up with a few brews on his own, and uh, we work together, and we collaborate, and we, and we, we really are a unit. And – we're looking at a third person, and, and that's that's what growth's all about. It's just kind of working people into the equation. Yeah, we're, and, we're getting uh, to the point where the, the, the two of us, we can, we can crank out about as much as we can crank out. We can do a little bit more, but then to, to go to the next step is a third person. You've got to have another brewer, and yeah. either of us can train that person, and I'm excited about that. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely moving in the right direction. Well, without Alex and the possible soon-to-be third person, then I have a feeling your wife probably wouldn't be as patient no. with this no. <laughs> as, as she is. No, and you know what's funny is, is the job I had before in oil and gas, I had very limited flexibility. I had set hours. I couldn't go to appointments to see my son's doctors. I couldn't do things with my family. I couldn't help her out. My mornings were stressful. I had to be at work by this time, no matter what, and I – forced food down my kids' throats and got them out the door and it was just a mess. Everything was just a rush. It was a rush. Yeah. Rush, rush, rush. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on edge. Nobody liked dad. I was a I was a terrible person. Now I'm like laid back. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I'll get there whenever. Yeah. Alex is ahead of me. Yeah. Or, yeah, or I can schedule <laughs> a day in where I can do what I gotta do. Yeah, you write the schedule and you've got a kid who doesn't have any obligations. You'd be like, yeah, I can come in at 8 o'clock in the morning. Like, I'll take care of it. <laughs> and you can just give me a hand when you need to. And there's certain things where we both need to be there, but not very many. And yeah. now it's like, hey, can you cover me? Yeah. Hey, take the day off. I got you. You know, we help each other. There's so much more flexibility. When you have that in your life, things are fluid. Things are fluid. And yeah. when things and are fluid, things are good. You don't have to sit in traffic as much. Damn right. No, yeah. So traffic is stressful. Yeah, my, it is. My, my commute went from like 45 minutes to an, to an hour to 15 minutes. <laughs> Mine too. 11 minutes, 25 when it's busy. But yeah. can't complain. Yeah. No, and so good. you went from a job where you had to, you know, like I said, you, the alarm went off. You woke up by the alarm. You tried to get everybody. Everything's a rush in the morning. You're yelling at the kids. This is going on. Eat this. Get out. Everybody's. You finally get out. You sit in traffic and all that to where you like wake up. You're like, yeah, I'll be there in about 25 minutes. And you get to stop and grab a donut on the way. Yeah, yeah. much much nicer. So much, much nicer, nicer, and everybody's happier. All everybody's around. happier. All right, let's take another quick break, and we'll come back. Uh, we'll talk about some of the beers you guys are brewing and what we're drinking now. And uh, yeah, man, we're flying right through the show. It's been a good one. All right, drink of ages. We're here with Saloon Door. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
Spindle Tap Brewery is making some badass beers. If you have not visited the tap room, the air-conditioned tap room, you are definitely missing out. Just 10 minutes north of downtown, stop in for some brewery-only releases and grab a pint or three of their main lineup, like Hop Gusher, one of my favorite beers that them guys are making. I love that beer. SpindleTapBrewery.com. Whether a startup brewery or distillery or you've been around for years, the badass folks at Cash Branding has to be your go-to source for branded merchandise and apparel. Cash Branding does it all, from imprinted glassware, coasters, koozies, tin tackers, and bottle openers to dickies and red cap work shirts, t-shirts, and caps. Their apparel decorating options are top-notch, offering embroidery and the latest trends in screen printing, using water-based and discharge inks to achieve that super soft feel. Artwork services and samples are always free. Why go out of town or use multiple supplies for your branded merchandise keep it local like we do let the badasses at cash branding the official merchandise sponsor of drink of ages kick your branded merchandise and apparel up a notch give them a call at 855-376-7638 or check them out cashbranding.com
Drink of Ages is what you're listening to right now. I'm your host, John Denman. We're hanging out with Josh and Alex from Saloon Door Brewing Company in Webster, Texas. And the good thing is uh, you guys are coming up on your one-year anniversary. We are at the end of April. End of April, so you're going to have a nice weekend-long blowout. Yep, all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Which some of the other guys from ESPN are going to be out there on Friday hanging out. Yep. Yeah, the Blitz will be doing their show live. It'll be exciting. We're going to tap... The anniversary base beer, uh, our Rich. Russian Imperial that we're tasting right now. Yeah. We actually have some of this in front yes, of us. So cheers and cheers. congratulations yeah, on the sharing. one year. Yeah. That was uh, very nice of you. Um, it's 11% Russian Imperial Stout. Oh, God. And it's delicious. Um, nice and rich, dark, smooth. You're not going to tell that it's 11%. That's, um, that's actually the first time I've tasted that, we, uh, that Russian since it's been on the Bright we, Tank. Cranked out the max output. I mean, we filled our mash tin oh, yeah. to the very tippity top. We got about seven barrels out of it. Uh, that thing puked out the top of the fermenter, filled up a 55-gallon drum, <laughs> uh, spilled it all over the floor, I filled the trench drains. I, I think I lost a barrel of beer. I think we got more of this beer than we were ever supposed to. And, uh, <laughs> it was a nightmare. I, I ended up squeegeeing like maybe 30, 40 gallons of this down the drain. I, I, I cried. And then, uh, and then we ended up kegging it. We ended up getting like six and a half barrels, and we barrel-aged the barrel. Yeah. So we have the bourbon barrel. Uh, we're going to tap on Saturday. Yeah, out of the 29th, our actual birthday, we have six slims, five-gallon slims of bourbon barrel-aged Russian Imperial. On Friday, the Blitz is going to do their show live. We're going to have the base Russian Imperial. We got six barrels of that. And then we have a couple of variants. We're going to have the chocolate Russian Imperial, a coffee. On Saturday, we're going to tap those. And then on Sunday... The very last day of the weekend, we're going to do a tasty AF peanut butter chocolate Russian Imperial Yeah. to try and bring some folks in on Sunday. We're going to hold that out all the way to the end. It's pretty damn good. We tried it. It's everything you like about the tasty AF, but 11%. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm nice. surprised we actually didn't break our mash tun. We put so much grain in that thing. <laughs> and like we and ending up ending up with seven and a half barrels off a 10-barrel system, it's like, this is a ridiculous beer. It's, it's There's too much of it. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Excited about it. We're yeah. really happy the way it turned out. Um, and it's yeah, it, it, it is delicious. Like very good stuff. Thanks, it John, is very for sharing. Delicious. This was uh, our gift to John on the show, and he was willing to well, crack it open. Time. Thank you so much. Yeah, good time to open it up yeah. for everybody Fantastic. here at the pub. And yeah, yeah that's the final segment. So we got to talk about the anniversary party a little bit because that's it. that's a big deal. I g- yeah. Whatever day you show up, I got some peanut butter for you if you want it. So <laughs> you just let me know. We'll yeah. tap that. Yeah, yeah, so that's happening Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the the last weekend of April. Yep, yeah, 28th, 29th, 30th. So how many beers do you guys have in your tap room like on a normal normal so day? We have 22 unique taps. Uh, when, when we manage to keep them filled, we have, we have all 22 on, and then we have this blend you of other ridiculous stuff where we take the taps that we have and we'll blend them together and make all sorts of crazy flavors. Um... I think right like right now we have we're we're down to about eighteen or nineteen because a few things have fallen off the board because yeah, uh, yeah. 
because be, because because we've been we've been putting some stuff away for the anniversary and all got that like stuff. Thirty something unique experiences. It's like a damn theme park. Just yeah. The Sloom Door, Six Flags, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, but we there's something for everybody. There. We got we got everything from light to dark, multi to hoppy. It's it's a it's a whole big mess, but it's the, it's all beautiful. It's tasty. Yeah. I, I mean, love they it. were distributing like six to seven beers, but there's like thirty something plus experiences to have at the brewery. Yeah. Um, the, the brewery is the place to go we to don't get, get the labels for full experience. Here you guys talk about blending beers and, and different stuff. Uh, man, I mean, the combinations are endless. I know that there's a mathematical formula of how many beers you could actually blend together and try there. It's but yeah. yeah, We've tried a lot. Some of them suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But sister, a lot of them are really good. Know, she decided to come up with a blend you, and she tried like, 30, 40, 50, 60 combinations came up with the best ones. She says, try these. I was like, these are good. Yeah, they, they are delicious. I never imagined in a million years that this would be a thing. But folks love it. And for those that enjoy it, we have it for them. And for the folks that want the more pure beer, the, the base beers, the IPAs, the nothing changed, we have those too. We, we're try, we try to come up with some uh, experience for everybody to have and enjoy. Yeah, we, we, we make a solid beer. And then, you know, when, when we come up with a good idea, we'll throw a flavor on top of it or whatever. Uh, and then we also, like, we just, we, we rotate through some seasonals. Like, uh, we actually got coming up, um, we're going we're gonna to make a round two on our blonde, and we're going to try to throw a bit more honey in it this time. Yeah. Uh, we're also, we also got a couple different recipes for our summer IPA that we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, Galaxy, Mutika, Citra. Yeah. We're, we're going to, we're going to bring that back. We don't got any Nelson, but, uh, but we got some, we got some crazy new ideas that we're going to throw into those. Um, we're going to hang, we're going to get some Nelson later, maybe in the fall. Maybe in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Those Nelson hops have gotten pretty popular. They They have. (laughs) Yeah. So the whales are going to be in fall. We're going to see the whale. I got, I got, I got a buddy. He's gonna give me a bag of Nelson. No one else will give it to me, so I'm gonna wait till August. He's gonna give me a fresh bag of Nelson. We're gonna make a, we're gonna make a summer, a, a full IPA, whatever the hell you want to call it. Nelson and Galaxy are coming together. We're gonna do that, and and yeah, we're I'll, always experimenting with stuff. Well, you guys, uh, it's a quick drive from Houston, and especially because I mean, in all honesty, 45s gotten a little bit better lately it so. has like they they actually finally finished that construction all the way down to clear lake now they're starting the construction past clear lake so the slowdown happens right after you get to us so just go ahead and take a stop by us and it's, hang out for a while like it's not a parking lot it's more like a, dri- <laughs> like a drive through movie yeah, it's a little slower yeah yeah there, you know? like there, you know? so i mean you know from from downtown you're there in 20 minutes yeah yeah not bad. it's not bad uh, not bad at all so what a re- you know Highly recommend everybody going out there, especially for their anniversary party. Uh, support the local breweries and their efforts, and especially the ones that are making fantastic beers like Saloon Door. Thank you. Cheers, John. Appreciate Cheers. It. Yeah, I mean, thanks, thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, information, you know, you look up Saloon Door Brewery, now you Google anything, and you find yeah. all the information. You guys are on Facebook. You have all your events and everything listed there. Yeah, we, we put everything on Facebook. Uh, we're on the Instagrams and the Twitters and, the, and the, all that stuff. We do our best. <laughs> I mean, we try to get out there. It's tough, though, but yeah. All right, and it's a free event yes. Friday through Sunday for the anniversary party? Yeah, it's free. Correct. Show up, hang out. Uh, you know. First come, first serve for the beers. Yeah. We're tapping them each day and w- until it's gone. Yeah. No tickets, just... We're going to try to do our best to yep. keep everybody happy. 
All right, well, fellas, thanks a lot. Uh, the beer is great. The Russian Imperial Stout for the anniversary is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that that I. I'm probably going to have another one as soon as we're done with the show, and it's going to be a great evening after that. Oh, yeah. John, thanks for the ho being a host. It's a fantastic place. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. If you haven't been here, come to come to the Drink of Ages. Yep. I appreciate that, guys. All right. The show was sponsored by Sweetwater 420, and like I said, it's a good time of year to go out there and get some of that. It is a delicious beer. Uh, if you never tried it, you can get some here at the pub, as a matter of fact. Plus, you can find it all over the place in package and on draft. You can listen to any of the old shows sponsored by Buffalo Bay Brewing Company by going to drinkofages.com, or you can find it on iTunes and just see how far the show has come over the last four years. Uh, Rockets, keep on kicking some butt. Astros, you're doing great. Uh, man, everybody just keep kicking ass. Uh, talk to everybody next week. Be safe. Cheers.
Strong.